0: were asked to make a list of the things in life that truly matter, what would you jot down? Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm your host, Steve Schwetz, and today we conclude Dr. J. Vernon McGee's study in the great book of Ecclesiastes as we take a look at the things King Solomon included on his list of what really matters. Let's pray for this time together in God's Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we've had to study Ecclesiastes. We ask that you would teach us what it means to be completely satisfied with you that we might live all of our days, not for ourselves, but for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn now to Ecclesiastes 12 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee.
1: We are rejoicing today in this very wonderful book that presents a pessimistic viewpoint of life. Now, we have seen that Solomon has made an experiment in life probably the only man who's ever lived who would be able to experiment in all of these different areas. And he has attempted to find a solution and satisfaction to life apart from God. The key expression was under the sun. He tried nature, natural science, what we'd call natural science today. There are a great many folk that think, well, if you just get back to nature, we'd solve all of our problems. Well, I'm sure it would be helpful. There's a great exodus out of the city, even from suburbia today. That's become an unhealthy place to live. And people now are trying to find a little cabin by a lake or on a river or up in the mountains. And let's get away from it all. Get back to nature. Well, it didn't solve the problem for Solomon, and won't solve it for you or me. And they had problems back in the day when they were living by rivers. And it wasn't as complicated as it is today. But you don't find a solution under the sun. Then there's wisdom and philosophy. There was pleasure. Then materialism, living for the now, and fatalism. You can do nothing about it, so just keep going. Egoism, that is, live for self. And then religion, religion that has a lot of ritual but no reality. And then wealth. And, of course, today there are a great many people have made the almighty dollar their God. And that's modern idolatry, covetousness. We're told in scriptures, idolatry. And then morality, and we've been looking at that the past two or three times. That is the good life, the middle of the roader, the man that wants to do good you know. And believe me, that sometimes leads to a very insipid sort of a life. And I'm of the opinion, the rebellion we've had of youth has been more against that than anything else that we've had. They see how pop and mama are living. They live a life of taking the middle of the road, not offending anybody and trying to be sweet and nice and do good and still chasing the almighty dollar and Actually, their Christianity, though they might belong to a Bible church, is as phony as a $3 bill, and youth has rebelled against that. I don't blame them for that, but I don't think they've found the solution at all to lie. They certainly have not. Now, we come here to the final conclusion that he made. And the final conclusion we have here in chapter 12. And we have here a poetic picture of old age but it's not a pretty picture at all and today our message i think will have something for youth and something for the senior citizen both ends of the spectrum of life today and they say there's no communication between these groups that there is a gap here well there's not a gap in the word of god and Now he says, as he begins this, "...in view of these things not satisfying, get to God. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them." Now, while you're young, make your decisions. And it'll be quite obvious why. Now he gives the picture, your picture, my picture, in old age. And friends, some of us have reached that. I remember the first time that I preached on the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes. I was a very young preacher, and I wondered if it would be like this. I'm here to testify today that the book of Ecclesiastes in the 12th chapter is quite accurate of old age. Now, I want you to notice this, that It's very, very important to see. And he's going to answer the statement of the liberal who says, I believe in a religion of the here and now, not a religion of the hereafter. Well, here's a religion of the here, and that means to be rightly related to God. Now, God has something for you here and for the hereafter. And one is, of course, to live to him. Why? Well, he says here, first of all, and I want you to get the picture here, for it is, I think, a tremendous picture. He says, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Now, what is it that's happened? Well, this is a picture now of old age, and I must confess it's not as pretty as you might Hope it would be. Why does he mean that the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened? You mean that they're going out? No, my friend, your eyesight won't be so good. You may have to do like I do, use trifocals. And time flies, and one sad experience follows another. The clouds return after the rain. Yes, you can go out and have a great day. But believe me, you've got to take three or four days to rest up. I've learned that. I used to go out in conferences and just enjoy it and keep going. Clouds, they do return after the rain, by the way. And the sun and the moon and the stars. Out in Hawaii, my wife and I took a walk and it was a full moon. And, you know, I said to her, My, isn't that a beautiful moon and that? And I said to her, I said, You know, it doesn't seem as romantic as it did once. How do you feel? And she says, no, I don't think that it's as romantic as it once was. I used to think, she says, the Hawaiian Islands was the most romantic place in the world. Well, my friends, you get old, I want to tell you that. Now, verse 3, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. Now, what are the keepers of the house? Now, he's talking about your physical body from here on. Keep that in mind. What are the keepers of the house that shall tremble? That's your legs. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I said, you know, my staff and some of my close friends, they try to kid me and say, oh, you are looking so good. You're looking well and all that sort of thing. And I said, yet when I get in a car or get out of the car, I find somebody at my elbow helping me. They assist me in and assist me out. You know why? Because I don't do it quite as fast as I once did. And these legs are mine. I find out when I get up of a morning and come down the steps. Oh, I groan. My wife gets after me. Why do you groan? I says, it's scriptural. Paul says, in these bodies we groan. And I want to be scriptural and I'm going to groan because the knees hurt when you come down the steps, friends. The keepers of the house shall tremble. And I find out I stumble more than I used to. Have to be a little more careful when I climb up a ladder. The old person today gets him a walking stick. I've been thinking about that too, by the way. What a picture. Then notice something else, and I'll be very personal here. There was a time I couldn't be personal, but I can right now. It says here, in the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves. Now, what's the strong men? Well, that's your shoulders. My wife said to me the other day, she said, you'd look lots better if you'd stand erect. Like you used to. She said, when you were young, you had broad shoulders, and now look at you. You were all stooped over. Well, friends, the strong men are bowing themselves. They don't stay back like they once did. The shoulders begin to round off, and it's more comfortable to be that way, I can assure you. And then, and the grinders cease because they're few. My friend, May I say to you, this says that you're going to lose your teeth, by the way. The grinders are going to cease because they're few. You'll have to have a few bridges put in or have them kept. Now, I haven't had to resort yet to false teeth. I'm thankful I have my own, but they're all kept, by the way. And they have been for several years. But the grinders cease because they're few. And then notice this, those that look out of the windows be darkened, don't see as well. In a restaurant, a man came up to me and shook hands and began to talk. And I talked with that man two minutes before I even recognized who he was. Couldn't place him. And I met a friend. We were in a meeting. I was with my wife, shook hands. And after the friend left, why, I said to my wife, who was that? She said, so-and-so, you mean to tell me you didn't know him and you've known him for years? And I said, tell the truth, I didn't know him. I said, I think he's changed. She says, yes, I think he has, but you have also. You see, the thing that was happened; those that look out of the windows be darkened. It doesn't look quite as bright as it once did. Now, verse 4, notice this, the doors shall be shut in the street. And what does that mean? Well, that means you're going to get hard of hearing. Again, my wife tells friends, she doesn't think I even hear her. When she says it, she says, you'll have to speak a little louder. He's getting hard of hearing. And I'm not, by the way. I don't think I'm getting hard of hearing. She says, I don't hear her often. Well, frankly, I just don't want to hear her. I had a neighbor several years ago, and this neighbor wore a hearing device and his wife would get after him when he got out to trim trees or prune his fruit trees or do things like that and she'd come out and he'd be up on a ladder and she'd be rebuking him for it and all he did would take out his hearing aid he didn't hear a word she said and all of a sudden after she would talked to him for 15 minutes she said i don't think that you got your hearing aid in and he didn't have he just kept right on working you see. Well, the noise out in the streets, not as loud as it once was. The doors are shut in the streets. And then it says, when the sound of the grinding is low. And actually, the literal here is the sound of the grinding women. The sound of the grinding women is low. What does that refer to? Refers to the tongue, to the voice. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when People get very old, the voice gets low, and they begin to talk. Well, you know, I'm getting old. (laughs) Yes, we are friends. And when we start talking like that, we better get off the radio. And if I get to that point, you won't hear me on the radio. The sound of the grinding women is low, refers to the tongue and the voice. Now, will you notice this? And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. You remember when you and I were younger, that even an alarm clock in the morning didn't wake us up, and we didn't mind the noise of children, or we didn't mind the noise of music coming from next door, or when you're in a motel from the next room. Well, now, even the little chirp of a bird disturbs us. And I find that one of the things in motels today, I always ask, Can you give us a quiet room? Why? Well, I want you to know very candidly that the sound of a chirp of a bird is disturbing at night, and we want to get our rest and our sleep. And then, will you notice something else? And the daughters of music shall be brought low. Now, it means that the daughters of music are brought low. It means you cannot sing in the choir any longer. It means that you can't carry a tune anymore. And I remember their brother, Homer Heaver. What a marvelous music director he was, song leader. And I remember him as a young man. I was a boy, and I went to hear Billy Sunday. My, how he thrilled me. Played the trombone, led the singing. What a voice. And then I had him when I was pastor in downtown Los Angeles. He was in his 70s. I'd have to help him up. He was tottering up to the platform. And he still was a marvelous song leader. No one, I think, could ever excel him. But every now and then he'd sing a stanza. And my feeling was he should have read this verse because he got to the place where it wasn't the same old roadie. It wasn't that glorious voice that we'd heard. And there are a lot of folks today that ought to realize they can't sing anymore. Now, he could get by with it, because he was great, whether he could sing or not. But there are a lot of folk not great, and therefore they ought to quit singing. And that's the reason I never opened my mouth today in a song service, I don't dare. I couldn't sing when I was young, and it's frightful now. "'The daughters of music shall be brought low.'" Now he continues on as he speaks of old age. And now, to me, it gets to the place where it's tragic because we are looking at the psychological effects. And here is one of them, verse 5. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, things that formerly did not frighten us. And I was just getting so. I was enjoying flying. And then old age slipped upon me. And I find today I have the same old fear of flying that I had at the very beginning. Little things, you see, like that, that one time never disturbed us. They do disturb us now. That's a picture of old age. And fears shall be in the way. In other words, we don't enjoy traveling as we once did. That is something that, to me, is quite interesting today. Because we take many tours. We've taken them to Bible lands. We've taken them to Hawaii. And we've had folk going with us. And I have noticed as friends get older, they find traveling much more difficult. That's the thing that we're finding today. These things become a burden, you see. Fears shall be in the way. You wonder about things you never even thought of before. I never even worried when i traveled by car in the old days. Start out in an old jalopy across the country. Never have a reservation. Wouldn't need it. Wouldn't worry me if I went to a motel and asked for a room. They say we're filled. Didn't bother me a bit. And my wife and I would sleep on the side of the road. Been all right in that day. But my friend, today there's always that fear. What a picture that we have here. Now he says, and the almond tree shall flourish. The almond tree shall flourish means that the almond branch, by the way, when it buds, is white. And it means that the senior citizen is going to turn white on top or there won't be anything on top. It'll be one or the other, getting gray hair. And if his hair hasn't fallen out, it'll turn gray. Now will you notice, and the grasshopper shall be a burden. How can a grasshopper be a burden? Little things will annoy you that did not annoy you before. Even you love your grandchildren. You love to have them with you, but after they've been with you a while, you're glad to see them go home. Because what? Well, let's move on down. He says here, And the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Romance is gone. Now, you can act as if you're just as young as you were. I remember listening to an evangelist that married a young girl. And he hopped on the platform, in fact, jumped in the air. He says, I'm just as young as I ever was. He wasn't fooling anybody but himself, because he died shortly after that. Desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home. And that long home is eternity. And the mourners go about the street. Now, will you notice, verse 6 here, now we're talking about the organs of the body or ever the silver cord be loosed. Now, the silver cord is the spinal cord. The golden bowl here be broken, and the golden bowl is the head. and You get a little touched in the head when you start getting old. Are the pitcher be broken at the fountain, and the pitcher's the lungs. And then notice, and the wheel broken at the cistern, no longer pumping blood through the body. That's the heart, you see. Die of one of these diseases that affect these organs. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God that gave it. There's no soul sleep. I wish these who use a verse or two back out of the ninth chapter to try to support the doctrine of soul sleep would now come to this verse. There is no soul sleep. The body sleeps... But the spirit or soul goes to God. the spirit shall return to God who gave it, and for the child of God, today, when you come to the New Testament, Paul says it's absent from the body. This body's a tabernacle we live in, and as President Adams years ago, somebody met him on the street, says, "How are you getting along?" Or oh, he says, "I'm doing fine, but this house I live in is growing very feeble, and I think I'll be moving out before long. That was true. He did move out shortly after that. Verse 8, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Life is empty if you're just living for the here and now, young man. You're going to find out one day that all you've got in your hands is a bunch of ashes and you've got eternity ahead of you. And this is the picture, therefore, and what a picture it is. And we can put it like this, When as a child I laughed and wept, Time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in traveling on, time gone. And the psalmist could say, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, and that wisdom is Jesus Christ. That's the thing that is important. Uh, Someone has put it in this whimsical way today. Thou knowest, Lord, I'm growing older. My fire of youth begins to smolder. I somehow tend to reminisce and speak of good old days I miss. I am more moody, bossy, and think folks should jump at my command. Help me, Lord, to conceal my aches and realize my own mistakes. Keep me sweet, silent, sane, serene instead of crusty, sour, and mean. What a picture, growing old gracefully. And the thing that he's saying here is this, the moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wiser as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. We should not despise the wisdom of the past by any means. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end and much study is awareness of the flesh. And wisdom, education does not solve the problems of life. What is it? "'Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth.'" Why? Well, for a very definite reason. Because in the matter of salvation, your chances of being saved are greater. And in the subject of service, you'll have something to offer to God. Statistics show that more come to Christ when they're young. If you're 80 and you are listening to this program, your chance of being saved is about nil. But it's not impossible. We've had a man down in San Diego, 90 years old, when we gave an invitation for those that won't accept Christ to put up a hand. His daughter walked into the room, and there he sat in a rocking chair listening to us with his hand in the air. You can be saved. But men that have had service, something to give to God, why, they have been young men, Joseph and Moses and Gideon and David and Jeremiah and Saul of Tarsus, and Timothy, and we, Bobby Moffat, the great missionary to Africa, and all others we could name. What a picture this is. My friend, there's no answer to the problems of life under the sun today. And that's the reason education and government and the military and the scientists has no solution for the problems of life. Only Jesus Christ has the solution. Why not turn to him today he says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast down." Until next time, may God richly bless you, I believe.
0: What a great conclusion to our study. You can learn more about Dr. McGee's invitation to turn to Jesus today at ttb.org. Just search for How Can I Know God? There you'll find several free resources from Dr. McGee on the Christian life. And then you can also give us a call at 1-800-65-BIBLE, and we'll send a few of these resources to you by mail. Again, that's ttb.org or 1-800-65-BIBLE. Or you can email us at biblebus at ttb.org. Join us as our adventure in the book of Song of Solomon begins next time. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll save you a seat on the Bible bus. Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?